woke. Time to get up. Good morning and welcome to the special edition of Thought You're Awoke No Speed Limit podcast. Uh, wow, uh, events of this week have really been disturbing, of course, uh, to hear the fact that Russia has invaded Ukraine. Um, I don't really know what to say because, like I said, I've been watching this on the news just like everybody else. Uh, it's very shocking, but it also was already warned it's it's you know let's think about this this has been going on for a while uh in fact i read an article from 2017 where the u.s military had done exercise in case something like this happened um it was going to happen anyway i don't know any other way to say it that but uh sometimes when people feel backed in a corner they do things that are shocking Putin is one of those people who will, who, who felt backed in the corner, I guess, as a world leader. So he had already been kicked out of the G7 because of his actions in the Crimea under Obama and some of his other antics where he had poisoned opposition leaders in other countries. So you never can trust a man who has no scruples as far as it goes as far as doing things like this. So let's basically talk about the uh, Russian invasion. So uh, Wednesday going into Thursday, uh, people could hear shelling in Ukraine. Um, the Russians began dropping bombs on different targets in Ukraine, including every airport of the Ukrainian military. So their air power is kaput, basically. Uh, not saying they don't have any air defense because they did manage to shoot down some Russian planes. Uh, and uh, on Thursday, Russia invaded Ukraine. How is the invasion going? Is the how is it going? The Russians have had some setbacks. Uh, apparently, in the Donbass region, the region in which their objectives are to obtain from Ukraine to take over the two. Uh, provinces where they are, have Russian-backed militants within Ukraine that have been fighting for years. Of course, they've come up against the stiffest resistance because those troops there have the most experience. They have war over the, I think it's eight years of conflict in that area. So the troops there have managed to fight off. The only problem is they can't get any reinforcements because the Russians have decided to attack in several different directions coming from the south, coming from the north, uh, I believe even parts of the west through Belarus, they're uh, coming into Ukraine. The other objective is, of course, to capture Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. How is that going? Well, the resistance has managed to blow up the bridge over the Donbass River. So that has caused... Uh, Russia not to be able to take it. They have had several attacks and those attacks have been repulsed. Uh, that's not saying that they're not going to take the city. As they move farther north, it's like a pincer move. You're slowly closing in and circling the forces. The whole idea is to break the uh, Ukrainian military and there's only so much the military can do. 
the question is, what will the resilience of the Ukrainian people be? Because Kiev could be one heck of a fight. Fight. Okay, let's just be honest. One hell of a fight. Urban warfare is not pretty. If you've ever watched any historical stories about war, urban warfare is awful. America suffered some of its worst casualties in Iraq in Fallujah during uh, the Iraq War. Urban warfare was is brutal. It can be house to house. It can involve civilians as well as military soldiers because people are fighting for their very homes and their very lives within their 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 domains. Um, expect brutality if they try to take the capital. For one thing, uh, the president Zelensky has ordered all men between the age of six, 18 and sixty to stay within the country. And prepare themselves to arm themselves. And people are arming themselves. They are arming themselves to fight. So even if Russia manages to occupy the country. Doesn't mean that they will be able to completely take it over. The resistance will be real. And. This isn't easy for me. To talk about this. Because it's kind of off the cuff. But. uh, With Russia. In Ukraine. I could just imagine the human uh, humanitarian issues that are about to pop up. Uh, I don't think they're going to take it light on the civilians that if the civilians start fighting, you know, because now they become hostiles. They really haven't taken it light now. And, you know, they've blown up a few civilian locations, you know, that we've seen pictures of the apartment buildings, apparently a hotel, I mean, a hospital got hit. Um, I fear for Western journalists that are there because they become targets just because they're Western journalists and they're in Ukraine. Um, You know, war is never pretty. We're not seeing everything. You know, you're seeing some combat footage. You're seeing some of this stuff. You know, if you ever watched a World War II combat film, it makes you say, well, that's how war looks. This doesn't look like that. Well, this is what war really looks like for people who are not there on the front line. It's totally different. This is what it looks like. You know, you see aftermath, you see you see you'll see bombs going off and things that are uh seeming to be off in the distance. It's kind of this weird reality, but people are really dying. And the question is, how long will the Russian people take it? Of course they've taken to the streets, they're protesting, but they get arrested and taken off the streets, so it may be quiet the next day. Because unlike the United States, uh, where you have the freedom to protest, even though, you know, at the time our police act a fool here about it, uh, you still have the freedom to protest. In Russia, it's not the same case. And I watched one news report yesterday talk about how the young people in Russia are resistant to what's going on. Whereas the older people who are t- tuned into the state media and all that stuff, they don't have in- internet. They don't have Facebook. They don't have um, other things that we as Americans are so proud of. You know, uh, they don't have those social media for the older people. Now, the younger people, all the younger people are tied into social media. They see what's going on on Twitter. They see what's going on on CNN and all that because they can watch it on the Internet. Regardless of what the Russians block, they find ways to get that information from other people. So they're protesting because they don't like 
the fact that Putin has invaded Ukraine. They're praying for the people of Ukraine. This shouldn't be a situation that should happen. Of course, President Putin has called Zelensky and his regime uh, Nazis. It's not going over very well with a lot of people, other than, I guess, the few people in Russia, like I said, and, and especially among older people who are like, whatever he says, it's okay. But it's not going over very well with people in the world, the words that are coming out of his mouth. I was thinking about what the Kenyan president the other day said, and I thought that was the most poignant thing. He said, no sovereign nation has the right to determine for another sovereign nation what their boundaries are or whether they are a nation or not. And we should not suffer from imperialism. Like, you know, like he said, in Kenya, their borders were drawn not by Kenyans, but by uh, Europeans in Europe. But they had decided that they're going to be okay with the borders that are drawn and learn to work together. Meanwhile, imperialism still continues in the world. Uh, it hasn't stopped. Of course, the Russians are reminding the United States that they invaded Iraq and Afghanistan and occupied both for more than 20 years, uh, imposing their own governments on both of those places. Of course, they're going to, imp they're going to remind America of its own uh, violation of sovereign rights. Now, you can say when they went to Afghanistan, they had a reason to go to war with Afghanistan. But at the same time, they violated their sovereign rights, right? And I kind of tend to go with the UN and other people who say no country has the right to determine how a, go a country governs itself or how it, um, or what's its borders. Uh, they have no right to do that. I, I just do not think they have a right to determine that for that country. Now, if that country is trying to take land from you, you have a right to fight back. That's what you have a right to do. But you do not have a right to determine who's, what countries exist and what countries don't. So this is Russia's attempt to fight back, trying to fight it back against I guess their version of a colonial or uh, so they can have their version of colonialism like we do in the United States, even though we say we're not a colonial nation, you know, we fought in Iraq and Iran to make sure they have democratic, quote unquote, democratic governments, which they don't in either country at this point. Um, and this is no knock on the uh, on that, because the truth is, the sadness is that what Russians are doing is wrong. It is wrong. What's the other sad part of this is to hear people like Trump and uh, Tucker Carlson and a lot of the Republicans that sound like they're supporting this war in Ukraine. Then they'll turn around because they're trying to use it for political reasons. They're trying to say that um, if Trump was in office, this wouldn't have happened. If I remember correctly, Trump was trying to pull the United States out of NATO uh, it was trying to get rid of the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty. Uh, there were several things that he was doing while he was in office that were wrong. He wanted to. He wanted to. He he wanted to say it was okay that North Korea uh, becomes a nuclear nation. So I don't tend to think that Trump would have done a good job with this either. He pulled out of Syria prematurely. 
because the Russians are planning to bring more troops there, right? So do I think uh, Trump could handle this well? No, I don't think he could handle it well. Now, do I think that uh, any of the leaders of the world are doing a good job with handling this? No. Reason why I say they put on pretty stiff sanctions, but they haven't put on stiff enough sanctions. Uh, they need to order that and especially sanction Putin. Uh, they need to sanction him. They need to sanction them from the SWIFT. They need to take on the ultimate san sanctions. The problem is they're worried about what the Russians are going to do for the few Western people who are invested in Russia. And of course, there's more than uh, Zelensky. Uh, not Zelensky. Medvedev responded by saying that uh, the Russians would sanction Western uh, investments in Russia. Which to me is okay. Go ahead, do what you're going to do because I'm going to cut you all the way off. And in fact, go say this out loud. I think hackers need to visit Russian banks, Russian computers communication systems. I think the hackers need to visit their pipelines, uh, their military structures. Not and you don't have to be American. I'm just talking to any hacker that thinks that Ukrainian invasion was wrong. It's your job to try to infiltrate and destroy it. They deserve it. That's how we fix that problem. If you shut them down, keep causing interruptions there, Who's to say that won't work? But I digress. Meanwhile, people in Ukraine are dying on both sides. Russia is probably, at first, in the initial attack, probably did get more casualties because attackers usually suffer more casualties than the defenders. Uh, because it's usually not the first wave that breaks through, it's usually the second, third, fourth wave that finally breaks through. Think about America when they. On D-Day, 10,000 men lost their lives. I think about Omaha Beach. It took about the third or fourth wave that hit the beach before they finally breached that wall and got over the hill and beat the defenders. And then when you look back at the casualties, the casualties were quite high on that beach, but not necessarily among the defenders. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a sad event in the world. We know that Russia has nuclear missiles. They're talking trash this morning. Uh, they're talking about leaving the uh, START treaty. At this point, it probably doesn't matter. How else could this affect America? Of course, uh, I think American military buildup will become twice what it is now. I think more troops will, of course, more troops are being sent to Europe. So that means more weapons will be uh, sent to Europe. I think more military equipment and the industry ramp up so more money will be geared towards the military. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the United States. People want to see raises. They want to see the $15 minimum wage raised. All of that's going to be kind of put on the back burner. I fear that being put on the back burner. Healthcare is going to be put on the back burner. All that's going to be put on the back burner so that we can gear up to be a on a war footing in America. And the other fear is nuclear weapons. Uh, both the United States and Russia have a lot of nuclear weapons. And every one of them is massively destructive. 
can destroy the economies of two nations, can cause millions to starve, of course, the death of millions of people at the same time. Um, it would be years before any nation would recover from that. And eventually, even if America and Russia were the only two to fire on each other, it would affect every country on Earth. And I hate to say this, but the Europeans and the and some Asian countries also have weapons. Can Russia hold out from the sanctions? Yes, they can if the Chinese are helping them. They will hold out because China's a billion-man country. They can invest in China instead of in uh, Europe or the pipelines and things like that because the Chinese have not come out and directly condemned the invasion, so to speak. And we know that Xi Jinping and uh, Putin have had a discussion right before the Olympics. So we knew that this was going to happen. America knew. Everybody knew. I don't like the response. We did try to arm Ukraine, but I, I think it was too limited. We should have been putting tanks, planes, any, uh, any aircraft missiles on the ground. No, we put any tank missiles. So you're going to see a lot of that. It's probably what's blowing the heck out of their, their tanks right now. It's harder to hit soldiers running on the ground with artillery and uh, bombs than it is to hit tanks. So uh, I, I would assume that Ukraine is probably losing a lot of hardware, but at the same time, it's harder to hit soldiers on the ground. That's that becomes the thing that America has has had to deal with when they've gone into Iraq. That's why they've been there twenty years. That's why they were in Afghanistan twenty years. You know, and then now comes the hit and run attacks. You know, those things can do a lot of damage. And, you know, because your army's occupying space and it's got to hold the space that it occupies. So this is when you suffer the most damage. Um, I've kind of been rambling on for a few minutes, but you get the idea. Um, this is a tough situation for the people of Ukraine. They're being invaded from the south. They're being invaded through the Donbass region. They're being invaded towards Kiev in the north. Uh, and I understand the Russian military strategy. You know, uh, they've got a lot of soldiers. Now, they're only using like 40% or 25% of the army to invade. But, of course, those forces are standing back once the other objectives are taken. And, of course, they've had to reinforce forces that have been lost in the initial attack uh, with uh, other forces. The battle here is not like a battle in Iraq. This battle is much worse, so the casualties are probably much higher. So my reaction is this. As families back home in Russia are being alarmed, alerted that their child has deceased, has died in conflict, I wonder what the reaction will be. And if that will be enough to change the tide, because... The civilians in Russia will be tired of this. I wonder if we can continue to find a way to supply the weapons and munitions and even food supplies that the people of uh, Ukraine need. I don't know if any of the borders are open. I know that people are fleeing across the Polish border. So while people fleeing across the Polish border, can we get stuff across the border to the military there? Uh, without being bombed by Russian airplanes and get that to the military. Um, we need to do what we can. We need to do what we can without actually putting 
boots on the ground in the country and understand that 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 escalates things even further. We also need to continuously uh, secure our frontier because this is not going to be an easy one. This is a fight that's going to uh, last for a while. Well, I, guys, I think I've talked long enough. I've pretty much, uh, you know, I'm just like anybody else. I'm shocked by what happened. Uh, I will have more on this later. In fact, I have a special coming up uh, soon talking about Brookside Police, about small policing in America. Um, if uh, you have any questions or comments, please feel free to go ahead and send those questions or comments below. Uh, and y'all have a wonderful day. Peace. You have been listening to Thought You're Awoke, No Speed Limit Podcast.